0: to Welcome back the Diaries of the Wild Ones. Once again, I'd like to give a big thank you to Wild Earth Australia for supporting me and the adventurous lifestyle. What I love about Wild Earth is that they remind me of when I was a child and I'd go into Toy World or Toys R Us and get lost in this world of endless possibilities. The same thing happens to me now with Wild Earth. The other night, I got stuck in this two-hour vortex where I was looking at their catalogue on the website and dreaming about future adventures, hiking, camping, running, kayaking, survival. Anything to do with outdoor adventure, these guys have it. So to say thank you to the listeners, we are offering a 10% discount code. So next time you need anything for your outdoor adventure, go to wildearth.com.au and put in the discount code DIARIES OF THE WILD ONES, all one word, capital letters. They ship internationally and have free shipping Australia wide. Okay guys, so I've landed back in Australia and I'm so jet lagged, but we decided to jump straight into the studio with Matt Brown and just start recording some stories. So I hope you guys enjoy. No, no, Iceland. Okay, so let's get started. So we were just talking about um, what story do you want to hear? Because I've got quite a few um, stories in the bank. What's crazy about this podcast is that I haven't actually got to tell too many of my own stories yet. So I had the India one and we had the one in Mexico and everything, but we've got some really... Good stories coming up of my own life that um, I think that I, I think people are really going to enjoy. But this podcast, I never, I didn't realize because it was something I was just doing for a bit of fun, and I didn't expect it to take off like it has. So, in saying that, it's just like I'm so excited because now that the podcast actually um, has a bit of backing it's like just getting better and better and more people are getting interested in it and it's allowing me to get better guests. Not that the actually all guests I've had have been amazing.
1: Yeah, thanks. You just, yeah, I'll go now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you can actually, I don't need you. <laughs> no, I'll just do this I just I need own. you. Man. Oh, that's why I was so excited to get home because you're someone that I can tell my own stories to because you do podcast yourself, you produce other podcasts and I feel so comfortable talking to you.
1: Well, I think it's more just because we're, we're mates and... And you know, and we, and we grew up together, so we know each other really, really well. So when you have a guest who maybe you've only met for the first time, you know, you might have a bit of nervousness, and you're not sure, you know, how, if they're going to like your personality or not. So yeah, I think because we've known each other for so long, it's very easy to talk to me.
0: We can just bounce off each other. Well, so we're talking about, and today I decided that um, while it's fresh, seems I just got home. I got home two days ago, and I'm jet lagged. Yeah. So, um, I decided that it'd be probably appropriate if I tell you, yeah, talk about what happened in Iceland.
1: All right. So, basically on this trip, you hit up Iceland and from what I've seen from your Instagram, you did some sort of track. What the hell happened?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know. I was just, I like to challenge myself and I was getting thirsty for a challenge and it was... And it was, yeah, it was just time to fucking do another challenge. And I was in this place that was so harsh and so raw and I was so out of my comfort zone. I thought, what a perfect opportunity to fucking challenge myself. And I don't know what it is within me. It's like I've told you before about when I was meditating in silence in India. Something changed in me that was so hard and I got addicted to these these challenges where I get taken so far out of my comfort zone and I get stripped of everything and I just... I Don't know I just wanted that feeling again. I wanted to push myself in something that I was so unknown basic- I think basically fear is a great motivator in life, and it's like I wanted to do something that I really was scared of, so you went
1: there to go surfing, but you ended up going on a track <laughs> well, obviously, we saw lots of surfing involved, but
0: yeah well i was, I was in Iceland for three months um and I was surfing, but then I just had like this kind of side project where. The first day that I was there, I just saw these yeah, mountains. Yeah, you,
1: you were telling me you saw these mountains and then something just came over you where you're like, I want to fucking cross those mountains.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exa- well, basically, that was one of the most beautiful, rawest things I've ever seen. There's no trees in Iceland. There's no trees on these mountains. It looks like the, the moon and these things just look like they're just painted there because there's no sound. There's no animals. There's just like, it's just, it's just like you're looking at them and it's just like, is this real? Yeah. Are these things fucking real? And so, like, I just had this thing where I just wanted to know what it felt like to be in them. I wanted to know what it felt like to be in the middle of these mountains. So, Now, whereabouts in Iceland were you? So, well, I was kind of, I was all over Iceland because of the surfing, but the mountains that I saw that were the biggest and the rawest were in the north and um, they were around the Akkure, like just the north of Iceland. Now, I kind of put the word out between the boys to everyone that I wanted to do this trek across the mountains, that I wanted to do a hike across the mountains, and I didn't want to take a tent. I wanted to try survive it. I wanted to try survive these freezing cold nights and just learn how to do it. Yeah. And everyone kind of just thought that it was just a dream that I would never do. And I just kept going on about it. And after about three weeks, I started going into... um, I went into a couple of the venture companies down in Reykjavik in the main town where tourists go to, like, organize trekkings or, like, um, glacier hikes and stuff. And I asked them about it. And everyone just thought I was fucking crazy. And I was like, (laughs) I didn't realize... I was naive at the time. I literally just thought that there were, like, summer hiking trails that would just be snowed over and I could just go do one in the middle of winter. Yeah. And... I didn't really realize what I was getting myself into at the time, but I wanted a challenge, so I just didn't really care. And I finally hear about this guy who runs an expedition company who is one of the only surfers up in the north of Iceland, a guy that runs a company called The Empire Expeditions. And I get his contact details and I message him and say that, hey, I want to do a trek in the mountains. I heard you're the guy to talk to. Um... I also heard that you're one of the surfers up there. Can I come up? We'll go for a surf together. Is there any chance you can give me some pointers, show me a trek across the mountains? And he just said, yeah, just do come up and let's have a chat. So I go up there and I organized to meet him in the afternoon and he said to said to me like he's got a couple of experienced mountaineer guides with him and between them they should be able to give me some advice. Yeah. And so I'm literally thinking that I'm walking like I'm walking into this office to sit down, and they're going to show me a trail across these mountains, right? I didn't just a little line on a map. Yeah, exactly. That's literally what I thought, and I literally thought that they would go, "Okay, well, you you don't want to take a tent, but you can do this. This is how you do it. This is the list of stuff you need." And bang, and I'll just go do it.
1: And did I... you point out the mountains that you wanted to cross to it?
0: Yeah. So basically, I just I kind of. Thought the easiest thing to do, well, not the easiest thing to do, the most plausible thing to do would be to go from one town to another. Now, the town that he was in is a town in the north called Siglafurda. Now, the closest town to that, as the bird flies, it crosses like five mountain ranges and one other fjord, is a town called Olesfurda. Now, yeah, as the bird flies, it's about 15 Ks, but you know, crossing the mountains. That's like in winter, I kind of expected to do it in about four days. I wanted a three to four day trek. Yeah. Now I wanted to have challenges where I didn't have much food. I wanted to do it where the food that I would take would be Viking food, which would be like, or just the Icelandic food, which would be dried fish. And I thought that was like perfect, high in calories. It's really light to take and I can't fucking stand eating it. So I thought, well, that's a challenge within itself. Mm -hmm. And... I just thought, like, I thought I'd have to figure out a way, like, build, like, build a snow cave, like I'd heard about snow caves, or, like, build, build like, something down in the gullies. Like, I, I had no idea what I was going to do, really, to sleep. But, like, the whole idea was to do it as hard as possible. Yes. Now, but I literally thought it was going to be a trail, you know. I didn't know anything about mountaineering. And so, Steve, so I go into this office, and Steve sits me down. And he's, like, quite calm. And I basically think he's going to give me a map, you know. And he sits down and he kind of sits back and goes, all right, so let me get this straight. You, you want to cross the mountains? And I go, yeah. And he goes, well, do you have any mountaineer experience? And I go, no, I just kind of just want to challenge myself, you know. And he goes, and he sits back and, like, I can see him thinking within himself. And he goes, now, if I don't help you out, what are you going to do? And I go, well. I think I'm just gonna go do yeah, it. I'm just like, gonna get it done. Yeah, I was like, oh, I don't know. I'd Like I'll borrow some stuff off some of the other boys, and I'll just go do it. And he sits back and and has a think for a second, then sits forward and goes, "I don't condone what you're gonna do." But he goes, "I have this feeling because you remind me of me when I was younger, that if I don't help you, you're gonna do it anyway, and if you do that." You're probably just going (laughs) to (laughs) die. So here I am, suddenly like going into my shell, going, okay, well, you know, like suddenly realize that, you know, I'm a bit out of my leaky. Steve Steve would be 40, maybe. Yeah. But he's still quite young at heart. Um, You know, he's married with a kid and he runs this expedition production company. He's a really good dude and he spends most of his time in the north of Iceland and in the Arctic Circle so in Svalbard. And, and basically, if anyone, anyone wants to do anything in the North Pole area, he's the guy that organizes. Like, if anyone wants any filming, production or expeditions, they go to Steve. Nice. So Steve just basically says to me, dude, I will... Give you as much information as you need and training that you need, and I'll sponsor you to do this. I've got a warehouse with all the gear that you need. He's like, I know you're going to do it no matter what, so I'd rather help you do it you know what i mean he just didn't want you to die honestly. he kind of yeah <laughs> well i think he also saw himself in me and he kind of related to me and he he really respected the fact that i wanted to challenge myself now i didn't realize how much i was about to challenge myself i didn't realize it was going to be the biggest challenge of my life you know
1: so what, what training did he did he do for you? so
0: well this is the thing like i literally walked in there um expecting to get like a map or something and so, we've had this conversation. Then he's turned to Carrie, which is one of his mountaineer guides. Yeah, so he turns to Carrie, one of his mountaineer guides, which I have done. In, I think it was episode 12 that I did with her, um, a wild Arctic woman. And she's an amazing mountaineer guide, guide with heaps of experience. He turns to her and says, go grab the Jeep and take Aaron up a mountain and show him how to read avalanches. Is this
1: that really cool Jeep you had on your Instagram?
0: Yeah, so this is this big... So, Steve, they have these things called Super Jeeps, which they use for Arctic Expeditions. Now, the one that Steve has is this big blue um, Land Cruiser, Toyota Troop Carrier Land Cruiser that's jacked up on these massive wheels. And so, 10 minutes later, Kerry rocks up with this massive Jeep. I jump in. She takes me to the warehouse. We grab crampons, which are spikes. We grab um, pickaxes. We grab split boards, which are like skis that... Um, you can put into snowboards yep. so you can, you can use it to, um, kind of, yeah, you can use it to hike up a mountain, it splits the weight across. Um, and you can travel a lot of distance a lot easier rather than on foot, you know, cause you sneak it like sink into the snow. But, um, we go up and grab some avalanche gear as well, like shovels, um, probes, um, avalanche detectors we've got to wear and she just literally teaches me everything how to use this gear we drive straight out the snow um to the base of this mountain and we just start split boarding up this mountain we split board up to a point where it's too steep then we she shows me how to strap in the split board to your back and then strap the crampons in use the pickaxe and like literally pickaxe and and spike up a mountain yeah So we hike this mountain and I get up.
1: You're basically climbing.
0: We're climbing, yeah. Mm -hmm. And we get up the top of this mountain and I just suddenly realise, holy shit, this is like, this is fucking hard. A
1: whole new new level of fitness.
0: And as we're going up, we're walking up and then suddenly there's this woof under us and she just freezes. And I was like, what the fuck was that? She's like, the snowpack just, she's like, just stay still, stay still. She's like, the snowpack just collapsed under us. And I was like, okay, what does that mean? She's like, or the different levels of snowpacks, that's how you let off an avalanche, you know what I mean? Like the snowpack will like fall and join to another one, the whole, so basically an avalanche is just, that's like solid ice just like splitting off from itself and just falling down the hill, Yeah. you know? And we are suddenly like, we're kind of setting or semi-setting that off, you know, like, and this is a really good learning curve for me, so, the whole point that I said to Steve that I wanted to do this by foot, because I thought it'd be the hardest way to do it. So she shows me how to read avalanches and we have this amazing afternoon and it's a big confidence boost too because we hike this mountain. And I'm standing up on this peak and it's just amazing. And then we we snowboard down, you know, I strap in the split board, we snowboard down. So the next thing Steve says to me is, Alright, we need to we need to figure out this route if you want to cross these mountains. Now This was another eye open to me. I didn't realize no one, that there wasn't a route across these mountains. So, not many
1: people had done it before. Well,
0: no one had done it. Well, not that I know of. And, And not that anyone can do. Any mountaineer can do this. Yeah. Just no one does. Normally, when backcountry skiers or whatever go into the mountains, they'll hike up a mountain the way that they're going to ski it down and yep. then they ski it down people don't really cross from mountain to mountain to mountain And the reason why as well is because you're doing blind runs you'll climb up one side of a mountain and then suddenly strap in and board down another side but you don't know what you're boarding into yeah you know what i mean so that's why you kind of climb up normally you climb up the run that you're doing so you can see it you can scope it out so steve says to me all right you need a we need to scope out this this trek you want to do we need to find the best way to cross these mountains so he said and you need to keep training and you need to go into the mountains as much as you can so i drive to the other town olesford and i thought well what a perfect way to start there and trek back and because there was one big valley there that i can get quite deep into the mountains with and i thought well maybe i'll just hike up that middle of that mountain and then that way and i'll take some photos of the ridges and the mountain range and i'll take them back to steve and I'll get him to read the av- help me read the avalanche risks there and find the best way to summit and cross these, this that one mountain range, right? And then I'll yeah. do it from the other side and go into the mountains on the other side, from the Sigloferta side, and take photos. This was the whole point to try and scout the trek. So when I do the final challenge, I kind of know what I'm getting myself into. You yeah, know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so just going in blind, with especially being not a mountaineer. It's just like a plan. Yeah. Hmm. So... I go to Olisverda and I start hiking up this valley. Now, I'm on foot and so like each footstep, I'm going like to knee deep in snow, right? And the deeper I get into the valley, like it's just, these mountains they're so quiet, right? And I remember I was like a couple of hours into this valley. Next thing I hear this massive thunderous sound and it's a fucking avalanche in the distance. Oh, and this, wow. yeah, I, yeah, and so there's this avalanche in the distance, and i have suddenly frozen. I'm like, "Holy fuck!" And I'm looking at these loaded up mountains all around me, and I'm sitting there going, "Okay, you know." And the day before, I'd just learned how to read these avalanches, and I'm thinking, "Okay, shit, I gotta be careful here." Now I start getting deeper into this gully, and I just start hearing whoofing under me with every fucking step, which is the snowpack under me going woof. dropping Woof. And so this is scaring the fuck out of me. And I'm like, holy shit, I've got to be so careful here. And I try to call Steve <laughs> to be like, you know, this is where I am. This is what's happening. i look at my phone, no reception. I'm like, holy fuck, you know, like I've just got to deal with this. Next thing I start hearing flowing water. I'm like, what the fuck is that? You know, like I can hear a waterfall and I'm just walking along. Next thing there's like a hump in the snow and I go over and I look down, and there's this drop off like right next to me, like twenty meters down with a waterfall. So basically, like say like I'm standing on twenty meters of snow that's fallen in the winter. Yeah. In the summer, that's a fucking cliff with a waterfall under it, and that waterfall's still flowing, and it's created this one hole in the snow, and there's this hump. And I'm like, I remember looking down. I've, I filmed it on the Instagram story. Just going, fuck, I've got to get away from here. So I get up into this gully, and I get so deep into this gully that now I'm taking photos of this mountain range, which is one of the ones I'm going to have to cross. Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, well, it took me six hours to get in here, right? I know if I can climb that mountain and get on the other side, there's a road on the other side, right? And I'm thinking, well, it's probably going to co- take me two hours to climb this mountain and it's not going to cost take me six hours to climb back. So I might as well just climb this mountain. So I start climbing this fucking mountain And I get like it's like spiking up it. And this is still your training day. This is still Mm -hmm. my one of my training days. And I get like a third of the way up and next thing the whole side of the mountain just goes woof. And the whole snowpack around me just drops and I've just frozen with fear because I'm about to set off this whole side of this mountain as an avalanche, right? Yeah. And I just start fucking shaking with fear. I'm sitting there and I'm frozen just going to myself, do not fucking move, do not fucking move. And I'm shaking. I'm like looking at my hands, everything's shaking. I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? I'm just like, I'm so out of my comfort zone. I have no idea what it's like. I'm in the fucking mountains in the Arctic. (laughs) I'm Australian, man. I grew up on the Gold Coast. (laughs) And so I'm just like, the only thing that I can do is slowly go back through the steps that I've already taken. So I'm literally light as I can backing out. Into your footprints. Into my footprints. And I get kind of back to safety. Well not safety, but I get back. And keep in mind that the whole trek I was doing up that valley it was woofing under me. Yeah. And now I'm like, holy fuck the I can't go over that mountain. I've got to go six hours back. Yeah. And I've got to follow that same trek and I need to get out of here. So the whole time back, as so I just start climbing back and I'm just shaking. I'm just shaking with fear. And I, I make it back and i go around to steve's place um it's nighttime by this stage he's just had dinner with his kids and i was his kid and his wife and i come in i just and i'm like i'm fucking by this stage i'm realizing what i'm getting myself into the challenge that i put myself for how fucking heavy it is like you know (laughs) what i mean And I show him these photos. It's not like like walking over Tambourine Mountain or something. Yeah, (laughs) I show him these photos and everything and he goes, shit, those mountains are so loaded up. And he goes, and he just sits back as he does and has a think and just goes, dude, I'm not letting you do this. Mm. He's like, I understand and respect you want to make it hard for yourself and you want to do it by foot. But he's like, I'm only going to help you out if you take a split board because he's like, your weight distribution, you're setting off he said the avalanche risk trying to walk it is too fucking high. And he's yes. just like, I respect what you want to do, but you, he's like, I'm just saying no, you're not allowed to do it. It's not going to work. He's like, you're just not, right? So he's like, you're taking a split board and that's the end of the discussion. And I was just like, And I was just like, yeah, cool. Like, it's like whatever. Like, you know, I'm the one learning. So I'm like, okay, that's what I've got to take. And what I was worried about is it adding to the weight that I had to take yeah, that's a lot of weight, taking a split board like a whole... Did
1: you have a full pack on your training days? Nah, no, no. I
0: just I literally just had the essentials like um, shovel, pickaxe, yeah. water, some some food. So, that will be more weight. Yeah. So, basically, the full pack, the you're looking at taking a minus 40 sleeping bag. So, I wanted to do it without the tent that I was saying. I wanted yeah. to try to build a snow cave or something. Um, so, you're looking at... Um, like a, something to cook with, and that's another heat source. Just in case you're looking at like um, heat pads. You're looking at a spare change of clothes because you get wet. Like um, you're looking at. Is it a phone ringing? Just hit you. No, you're looking at. You're looking at um, a rest. You're looking at a shovel. Um, probe. Yeah. oh man there's a lot of gear first aid kit gps like there's a lot of stuff you got to take your, your your crampons your spikes for your feet and i'm just like shit this just suddenly added so many kilos to my pack but it like and it's something that i don't know how to use so now i'm gonna have to learn even more how to how to split board yep yeah. so you know he just says the next day he's like all right just keep checking out these treks. So I start driving and taking photos wherever I can down gullies and, and zooming in, trying to take photos of the snowpack and everything. And we're on Google Earth. We're looking at the treks and the mountains, like, of how each way goes. And we, and we, find, we find what we think is the best trek to cross, right? And the next day or two days later, actually, he sees a storm coming, and I don't know this, but he starts – the next training thing for me to do is to learn how to build a snow cave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm thinking Steve's going to just take me out into the flat fields. And teach you how to do it. And just we're just going to build a snow cave, right? But what I like about Steve's style of training, it's like he's testing you. for For what this was, he was like, okay, this guy wants to do something completely fucking crazy, which I didn't realize how crazy it was. But he's like – he wanted to test – me to see if i was up to doing it before i was actually doing it yeah 100 percent. so he goes to me well if you want to if you want to train to cross these mountains you need to train in the worst possible conditions
1: so he picked this storm i'm guessing
0: yeah so he goes there's a storm coming in tomorrow at two o'clock here's a list of what you need in your pack go to the warehouse pack it yourself come back here let me check everything And he goes, I'm going to have an in-reach device on you, which is a tracker. And he goes, I'm going to track your movements and you're going to check in with me every so often, right? So what we did is basically we found I could go from the middle field in pretty much the middle of the two towns. There was a place I could drive to called Hadesfurter, which is the field in the middle. (coughs) And from there I could hike up one gully up into this mountain ridge And and build a snow cave. And the whole point was to get up in there before the storm comes, build a snow cave, and then the next day scout the rest of the mission. So this was a two-day training trip. Yeah. And it's by myself. It's packed with food, packed with the full pack, taking the split board, but with Steve having my back, watching me with this inReach device. So that night, I pack all my gear. I fucking get everything ready. I get the pack. First thing in the morning, I go around to his place, get everything checked. He shows me how to use the in-reach device, how to text him and everything. And he's like, all right, this storm's hitting at 2 o'clock. All right, you better go because you've got a good five, six hours of trekking. Yep. And it's going to take you a couple of hours to build a snow cave. So I'm like, fuck. So I drive to the middle of this fjord, I park the car, strap in the split board. And I just start split boarding. No one's around, dude. Like, I'm in the middle of the mountains. There's no reception. Mm. I'm in the middle of the fucking Arctic by myself so I splitboard up this mountain up so it was like you go up a mountain and then there's all these mountains up in off this first mountain I don't know how to explain it but it's a big gully in the middle of these mountains and basically it takes me about 6 hours to get up in there and I'm getting up in the valley And basically, so what I've got to do is find an appropriate place to build a snow cave. Now, the appropriate place is something that you want to have rock kind of above you. You don't want anything loaded up above you. So then if an avalanche comes, you don't get buried. Yeah. Right? So it's like, but then at the same time, you need to have something that, has enough mound that you can dig into and build a snow cave. And then at the same time, because of how the weather is, you need to build it where there's an aspect. You're supposed to actually close a snow cave fully up, but you need to think of how the snow is going to be um, falling so you don't get buried. So I found this mound that had like the perfect aspect with how the wind, how the snow was going to fall that night. And I probed into it, and it was good. Like I, I think I had my probe was like ten meters or something. Like you can flick it out. There's like a probe that you probe in the snow. Yeah. And I'm like I just find this perfect space, and I'm like, all right, perfect. Now, I've never built a snow cave. I watched YouTube videos, and Steve drew drew me a picture of how to build one. So basically. You use a saw is the best method. So I took a hand saw with me, like a wooden hand saw, yep. and a shovel. And the best method is literally just cut out blocks of snow, chuck them out, and like build a fucking hole yeah. within the snow, basically like a trench. And so what you want within the hole that's inside, you want to have a bed space, and then you want to have a trench next to you. So basically the cold air... Sits down, and your thermal mass in your sleeping bag is above, and all the cold air sits down. Now, the thing about a snow cave is, it keeps—it's like a fridge. It keeps you at, at constant zero degrees, where outside might be minus ten, might might be minus twenty degrees. Yeah. But it keeps you at a constant zero degrees, it's still freezing in there. And so I start building this thing. All right. Next thing, the weather starts turning, and I start building this thing, and I'm, I'm burning calories, man. Like this is fucking hard work. How I'm, far
1: into it we went before like the the storm came?
0: So, the storm's supposed to hit at two o'clock. It hits. I can see the storm coming at two, and it hasn't hit yet, and I'm only halfway in. So I start panicking. I can hear the storm coming. Again, the mountains are so quiet. There's no trees. Like it's just so raw. It's like the moon. you can the storm's building right. And so I start panicking. Now, I'm soaking wet because you're cutting, you're inside, like you're just you're moving snow around, like you just get soaking wet. So basically, I just start going for it and I'm like digging as much as I can. I'm building this fucking thing and I get inside it. Right, I get inside, literally, I get inside the hole and then I've got to dig it out still properly. But I get inside the hole by the time like luckily just as the storm starts hitting, right? So this blizzard starts hitting. Now I kinda of finish it inside, but by this stage I'm soaking wet. So now I'm like, okay, change to my dry clothes, get the bed ready, get everything like ready, you know, kind of thing. So um Steve's at home, he's trekking me, he's got the in reach, he's track he's he's following me. Now at the front of the snow cave I put my two ski poles that I that I use for when I'm trekking. Yeah like for when I'm splitboarding, and I've tied the sleeping bag, orange bag to it, right?
1: Well, so like a sort of, yeah, just, so someone can see. Yeah, for, e- yeah.
0: even though the storms come in and it's wide out, wide out, you know, that's the thing. It's like basically what was so important is that I can get off that mountain with the splitboard um, as quick as I can, but once that storm came in, I'm stuck in that snow cave. So that's what was so important, right? And it's so important to have that snow cave done, so I'm I have a safe haven from that storm, and that, and also give um, check in with Steve and make sure I'm right. So I've literally, so what I've done, I was I've ended up putting the snowboard, I've made this snow cave, and you, then you're supposed to you poke holes in the roof, so you got a bit of air, and then you're literally yep. with some of the blocks that you cut out, you're supposed to close up the entrance of the snow cave, so it's just literally just you in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. But I was too fucking scared to do that, man. It was <laughs> so claustrophobic. <laughs> and knowing that snow caves, they suck in on you because you've got this warmth mass and it's all like, um, yeah, they just suction in, you know. Um And so I'm just too fucking scared. I'm not closing this thing up. So I left like this. I kind of half closed it up and left a a narrow gap for me to crawl out. So the storm hit and you're in the hole. Yeah, so I'm in the hole. So I I go out in the storm and I film a bit of it actually. And it's just like thunder. It's just this wind hitting the mountains. It actually wasn't thunder, but it's the wind hitting the mountains and just roaring. And I text Steve, um, locked in my location, said I'm all good, cave's built, I'm going to bed. So then what I do is I eat some dried fish and I get out the cooker, the little gas, little stove thing I have, yeah. and I boil some water or well, I boil some snow. Mm. And all my wet clothes that I had and socks, I put in the sleeping bag. And then you pour the hot water in your water bottle and put it at the bottom of the sleeping bag. So for one, it's warm, but fuck man, you sweat because it's like, but that's to dry your clothes. Yeah. So then I get in the sleeping bag I just remember I'm in a sleeping bag in this fucking snow cave and I'm just looking around this snow cave and I'm just like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> I'm like, I'm in the Arctic by myself in the middle of these freaking huge mountains. Could you sleep? In a snow cave. I was sleeping, I reckon, in half an hour gaps.
1: Yeah. So, you'd wake up every now and then?
0: Well, I'd wake up because I'd remember I was in a fucking snow cave. <laughs> You know what I mean? I was like, I fall asleep and the next thing. And I was like, so when I woke up in the morning, the roof above me had probably caved in about, I'd say, 150 mil. Yeah. Closer to my face. And I knew it was going to suction in. But it's like, so like I kept having these nightmares that I was getting, it was suctioning in on me. Yeah. But so I've got up the next morning Packed my gear, had something to eat, ate some dried fish, packed my gear. And I was like, all right, I've done that. Now, the next part of the mission is to go up that valley more and summit one of those mountains so I can see the other side and take some photos and know if this is a trek. So I start going up and I get about an hour and a half into it, right? So I'm split boarding and I get to the bottom of one of the mountains that I want to climb. Yeah. And... Normally, which is this is a good learning curve, which they were saying to me in my training was like, even though it takes so long to change gear, like to take your split board off, um, strap it to your back, get your crampons out, your spikes, and get the pickaxe out, even though it's like you do it before you need to do it. Yeah, yeah. But this yeah. is I cooked it, man. I started going up this mountain and it started getting too steep, and then a gust of wind came. The wind there is so harsh in Iceland and it comes just like that this gust of wind suddenly just knocked me off my feet.
1: Wait, so, you're going up the hill to scout it. Yeah. And then, well, it's just the wind just changed.
0: Well, basically, the wind just started picking up. Yep. And that's what's so dangerous. So, And that's what's actually so... So, you were meant to change gear yeah. into, your, into and, your gear. And it's actually better to have a snow cave than a tent because... Okay, so basically, when you are at the bottom of these mountains... The wind funnels from above the mountain and comes down really, really fast. Like it kind of like Yeah, so it can pick up really quick. Yeah. So one of these gusts, and when they hit tents, that's when like it can be pretty skits in a tent. So So
1: basically- Hit you and you're falling.
0: Yeah. So this gust of wind has just hit me and uh, Steve's tracking me. So he's seen my trek the whole way. Yeah. Next thing, this gust of wind has just knocked me off my feet, but I'm on this steep fucking mountain, right? So, and I'm on this steep mountain climbing up this to try summit, but I've kind of gone up a higher gully and there's a big gully next to me. Like I'm talking like fucking a couple hundred meter drop, like within 50 meters next to me. Yeah. And this wind has knocked me off my feet and I've just gone sliding down this mountain and I'm going fast too and I've got the pickaxe because I've got a split boards on my feet. I'm in this awkward position sliding down this mountain on my stomach and my legs are going and it's hurting too. It's hurting my ankles and my knees and I'm, I slid 200 metres down this fucking hill or <laughs> down this mountain. And I got down and I was just so scared and so shaken because I nearly got blown down that gully. Yeah, yeah. And so straight up, I was like, oh my God, okay, strap in, weather's turning bad, take the split board off, grab the spikes and start spiking up. So I start spiking up. Did Steve notice that you'd fallen? When I got back, he was laughing about it. When I got back, he's like, what the fuck is this? Because there's this like perfect trek, you know, dot to dot going up. Next thing, there's this this wild line just going down in this opposite direction. And then me climbing back up. Back up. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I start spiking up and by this stage the weather's really picking up and the wind is getting that harsh that i get up the top of this mountain and there's like one more mountain that i have to kind of summit yeah but i get up the top of the first one and the wind is that fucking crazy that i literally when that wind hits you and because it's so cold there's so much going on and that wind is so harsh and so like ferocious you can't think it like literally just takes your senses away and I was so disorientated from it. The only thing I t- could do was just lay on the ground. So I'm laying on the ground trying to get my thoughts together, just going, fuck, what do I do here? What do I do here? You know, mm-hmm. like you got to stay smart because this is your fucking life at risk here. Yeah. And I'm like, the only thing to do is... T- the thing is, there is no ego in the mountains. You can't have an ego in the fucking... Well, you can't have an ego in nature. That's what I like about nature is that nature is so much fucking bigger than you. Yeah, you know what I mean. And this is some people say to me, they're like, "Aren't you so fucking scared of being in nature?" And okay, so here, here's the thing: I was in, I was in this bar in Iceland, right? And I go into with my mates, and I go into the toilet, and next thing, the toilet door gets kicked open, and there's this guy. Licking his lips, off his head on drugs, you can see his pupils dilated like crazy. Mm. And I'm like, oh, and I've, I'm sitting there peeing. I'm like, dude, are you are you okay? And I'm like, I'm like, I'm trying to piss here, mate. And he's like, and he tells me to get fucked and walks off. And I'm thinking, what the hell is going on with that guy? So I, f- I shut the door, finish weeing. Next thing, I open the door, he walks in as I walk out and shoulder barges me. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what the hell's going on? So I stop and look, and he's searching through the toilet, right. And he's he's lost his drugs. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, he's going to think I've found him. I've t- taken him kind of thing. So I'm like, oh, shit, and all my mates are at the bar. My Icelandic mates are there. And I'm thinking, oh, fuck, just get back to my mates. So I start walking back. Next thing, I can feel this guy's presence behind me. And I get about halfway across the bar to my mates. Next thing, I just get pushed from behind. And I turn around. There's this guy off his head on drugs in my face trying to fight me because he thinks I've got his drugs that he lost. And... I'm just lucky that my Icelandic mates saw it and turned around and they're kind of guys you don't want to fuck with. So it was just luckily that they kind of had my back and stopped the situation. But the thing was, it's like all that was when it comes with human beings and ego, right, is that it's like human beings get so lost in their ego, right, and it doesn't matter what you do sometimes, it's just like how do i explain this it's just like i'm more scared of human beings because their egos yeah where yeah. in the mountains there's there no place for that in the nature there is no fucking place for that shit it's just like if you fuck up you've got to understand that you can't have an ego out there right and that's what's so liberating about it. that's what's so free about being in nature is that it is so much fucking bigger than you and you have to play its game
1: there's no self-entitlement yeah
0: so like <laughs> In my mind, my ego wants to summit this mountain, but literally, I'm like, it's way bigger than me. Nature here is way bigger than me. Play the game, just turn back. So I turn back, climb down to the next ridge, strap in the snowboard, and fucking just board off that
1: and got off the mountain.
0: Got off the mountain, right? And that took me like an hour to board down. Like I'm going
1: to take you to get up altogether.
0: Like probably about twelve hours up to that point. Like if you're considering the first day hiking, the second or maybe not that long, maybe eight. Yeah, and then just one hour to get back down. Yeah, one hour to get back Oh, (laughs) fun too, like bored and like carbon. But um yeah, so I get back down, then basically it's just like, Okay, training's kinda done, I've like I've scouted the route kind of thing. It's time Um, to
1: it's time to get it done.
0: Well, it's time to get it done. So basically now what we need is a three to four day weather window. Yeah. And so, basically, I just said to Steve, there were some swells in the south and I was going to go chase. And I just said to Steve, all right, like, can you guys monitor the weather as soon as we see a gap, three to four days, good weather, I'm here, you know, let me know. So, basically, a month goes by. A month. A month goes by before we get this weather window. Now, in that month, so I've done this training at like, I did this training in early march yeah or mid-march right so winter is what that's the end of winter now spring comes on pretty quick though like if you think in the arctic the sun goes down 15 minutes different every day like things even that's so harsh there it changes so quickly yeah, yeah, yeah so this weather window comes up and steve's like yeah you got a good weather window here there's one problem and he goes we just had some really good weather for like five days straight it was it hit fucking ten degrees one day it hit it hit a world re- Oh it hit a hit it hit a weather record in Iceland of being the warmest day earliest in the year
1: so most of the snow had melted
0: most of the well yeah, a lot of the snow had melted yeah, and I go up there for this weather window. And I'm like looking at these mountains, there's half the snow on it. And this is a blue fucking sunny day with no wind. And I'm thinking, where's the challenge going? You know, this whole challenge was doing this. And Steve goes, I remember he, he goes to me, he goes like, don't get too ahead of yourself. It's still going to be hard. Now there's different challenges, right? Now there's water, like there's water flowing everywhere. There's waterfalls. He's like, now you're going to have to listen to those waterfalls. He's like, now you can't go on the gullies. You know, you've got to stick to ridges because in the gullies there's waterfalls under them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's um, he's like, now that snowpack, you might not be able to build a snow cave. He's like, but if you do, you're going to have to summit mountains and do it at the top. You know what I mean? Because that's where the best snow is going to be. Like, so I'm thinking that the challenge is kind of done and it's going to be heaps of easier now. So what I didn't realize is that the snow was so rotten. So basically from going from ice and spiking up mountains that now it's still icy, but it's like slushy, like the top layer of the snow. So basically when you spike up, you're going a foot up and your foot's dropping half a foot yeah so it takes
1: longer to get up there
0: well it's it's harder yeah it's Mm. like so much harder so like a couple weeks after it ended up getting cold again and it dropped a whole heap of dumped a whole heap of snow again but this weather window i had i had to do this and so i've packed ready to do this main trip now we've come up against another problem so in that month pretty much Steve had gone up to the north pole with the chinese to he organized a trip up there for the chinese to be the first people to um wingsuit across the north pole yeah and he had his inreach device and it got lost up there okay so this gps tracker that he had for me he didn't have anymore
1: so he couldn't monitor where you were
0: yeah so basically we tried to get one from some other expedition companies and we couldn't get one so I was sitting there going, fuck, we need to come up with plan B here because, like, I'm going into fucking really dangerous territory. And they, we come up with a plan that we kind of worked out how long it would take me to do each mountain crossing. So considering in between the two towns, I've got about five mountains to summit. Now, he has a drone that can't reach the top of the mountains because the mountains are so high but they can reach about half the way up. Yep. So basically, what we decided to do was that a mate of mine was going to fly the drone up, monitor me going in, then I'm on my own. Then I summit, and on my way down, I've got so many hours that I should be on the other side by, right. And then I've got the next mountain. So basically, then by that time, my mate can go around the other side. Like eight drone hours later,
1: and, drone up and find you.
0: Drone up, and if I'm he doesn't see me, then he can send the drone up, look for me. If something's going on, if something's going on, he can get the helicopter straight away. Now the downside of this is that if I hadn't done it, proved myself, there's no at the start, there's no way Steve would have let this happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But because before I had an SOS button, straight up, that just bang. As soon as I hit it, the helicopter's there within. 15 minutes or unless the weather's so bad, but it's like literally the helicopter is in Sigloferda ready to go, you know? So we kind of come up with this plan that they can like, yeah, that they've kind of got my back, that they can monitor it in a way that seems kind of plausible. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know, like with this weather now, and like with the weather, the bottom parts of the gully, the snow was gone. So I could walk that you know, in between the mountains. And I'm there going, fuck, this is half the time. I can do this in two days now, not four days. I'm sitting there going, fuck this. I wanted a challenge. I wanted to push myself as hard as I fucking possibly could. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to be, I wanted this to be fucking hard. And Steve kept going to me going, dude, like this is going to be hard. It's just, and I was like, nah, it's like "This this is a walk in the park now, you know. And so.
1: So you get started?
0: So I get started.
1: And this is your main trip now. This is my We're main trip. So
0: I've got the weather window. I get started and I go up the first mountain range. So basically, it takes me about two hours to splitboard in to the base of this mountain range. Now, there's a whole heap of... There's about four mountains in this first mountain range, like about four peaks. And I've got one to choose from. Now, normally when you, you climb a mountain, you pick the easiest route. It's the smartest. It's silly to do anything else, yep. right? And if you want to summit a mountain, you pick the easiest route up to the ridge, you get to the ridge, you climb, and then you follow the ridge up. I decided to make it harder for myself, which is stupid, and I realized it was so stupid at the time, like once I was halfway in, Mm -hmm. was to go to the bottom of the tallest peak and just go straight up it. You know? So I get to the bottom of the mountain that I know is the biggest. Now I'm looking up and I can't see the peak. I think I can see the peak. And I'm like, all right, this is right. So I strap in, I strap in my spikes, I get the pickaxe ready, and I start spiking up this mountain. And I get a couple of hours in, and my blood sugar's getting low, and I get to this rock ridge. Now, because so much of the snow had melted, it had gone onto the the rocks, like in this volcanic rock. You think normally, because there's no grass or trees or anything to hold those ridges, those rocks are just soft. And, like, they're, they're like... They're literally just it goes from an avalanche ri- risk to a mudslide risk yeah and you're looking it's weird you're looking at these mountains and it looks like someone snowboarded down them and then you look and you follow the track down and you just see these rocks so the rocks are falling the rocks are falling. so in you, you're like um like your instincts to go for the rocks you know you're thinking solid rocks but it's actually do the opposite but I've spiked up this to this rock ridge because I'm thinking that this is the ridge of the mountain. And I'm like, okay, now this is the hardest bit. And I've got this 20-kilo pack on my back, you know, packed up. And I'm like, get on these rocks, and I've got the ridge, and then I can follow the ridge up. Now, so I climb up this chute, spike up this chute, and then climb on these rocks. The first rock that I touch just goes, boom, and just rolls down this fucking steep-ass mountain I've just hiked up. Now, I'm I'm pretty high at this stage, right?
1: Yeah.
0: So I get up and I end up getting up on top of these rocks and look down and realize that just on the other side is a massive drop off on the other side of this mountain. And by being on this ridge, I realized that I'm not actually on the ridge, that there's so much more of mountain that I literally couldn't see. So you thought you were at the top. But I thought I was at the top, but I've realized I'm only a third of the way up. Yeah. And now I've got all this rock that I can't climb up. So I'm like, holy shit, I just fucked myself hard. Like this is an amateur mistake. This is like where not being a mountaineer, like, this is this is where my inexperience really showed. And I was like, holy fuck. Because now I've got to climb down and then spike across a mountain. Like I've got to spike across like 300 metres yeah. around this rock face to go up again. So now I'm burning so many calories. So I spike across. I get around the rock ridge and I start climbing up, right? Yeah. Now, I'm putting everything into it. And I'm climbing up. And I go for about another hour and I get to where I think the summit is. But again, I've looked up and this mountain is so much fucking bigger. I'm only halfway where I thought again, okay, I'm about to summit it. <clears throat> so, by this stage, I've got the shakes. My blood sugar's so fucking low that it's just ridiculous, right? It is So So you're running out of energy. I'm running out of energy. Now, when I I originally packed my pack, I took dried fish and I took some um, like a a noodle soup and then I was walking out of the warehouse and I saw a fucking Mars bar and I thought, ah, I won't need it. And I thought, you know what, emergency, emergency sugar, you know. I'll just grab it just in case. But when I'm climbing up this mountain because I'm so steep, like I'm climbing, I can't get anything out of my backpack, you know yeah but i can drink water because my water's strapped to me but i can't get food out but anyway i'm getting the shakes and i'm like my eyes are going in the back of my head by this stage like i'm fucking getting critical and i'm halfway up this mountain and i can't turn back and so what i start doing i just start going back to the breath just fucking breathe i'm just saying to myself i got i fucking got this just breathe so i'm going in 10 steps and what I'm doing is I'm keeping my head on the snow and I spike in and I go 10, count 10, stop, put my head on the snow and just breathe. And I breathe up again and I do this for another hour or so or another couple of hours. And then I start pushing myself going 20 steps, 30 steps, and then I look up and I'm I'm Fucking getting close to the top right, but I'm I'm done. I'm fucking done. My body, this is the most exertion I've ever put myself through ever, period, right? Yeah. It was basically at the point I was one third of the way up that mountain, I was done. Like if I was at the gym, I'd push so myself to the absolute down, limit. Yeah. So basically, now shit's getting serious. Shit got serious when I was about a third of the way up. I realized I was getting myself into trouble here. You know what I mean? And so I'm now six, eight, seven eighths of the way. I'm nearly summoning this mountain, but I'm just fucking losing. I have no more to give in me. What are your thoughts like
1: are your brain? Is does your brain like start thinking of just random things? Are you like almost confusion? No, at this stage or are you, or are you still concentrated?
0: No, at this stage I'm literally in survival mode. Every fucking step I do is a step to saving my life, right? It's like I literally, I didn't realize how hard this was going to be. I didn't realize, I didn't, I just made a really stupid mistake by trying to, to go make it so, heat. yeah, to yeah. end by going straight up. Like I literally burnt literally all the calories that I had.
1: Was there a plan though in place to go over the smallest bit or is it just yeah, that's figure a- it out once I get there?
0: no like i had the trek planned to go over that mountain so i still had to summit to that peak but i should have gone up the small one up the ridge right and i was just like fuck it i'm gonna do it i want to challenge i'm gonna you know you think you can do anything and that's the thing it's like i wanted to push myself and like i pushed myself so fucking hard
1: so you're exhausted you're barely moving
0: i was fucking done like I was done one third of the way up and I've pushed myself to the point. So I haven't, so I've looked up and I'm thinking, yeah, all right, I've got a bit more to go. I've got to keep going. So I've like literally for the next half an hour, I put everything that I had into it and I hadn't looked up for a while and I did and I was counting my steps and then it was, I put my last bit of energy and I did 38 steps and I just stopped, put my head on the thing and just collapsed. Yeah. And that's the first time I've completely, fully given up in my life. And I sat there and fucking, I started crying.
1: What was going through your head?
0: That I just killed myself. My Literally, what was going through my head is that I was so fucking stupid that I literally just killed myself. And it was so fucking weird, this experience, because I wanted to push myself so hard that, I just fucking made the stupidest decision of my life.
1: So, what would you do?
0: I fucking sat there with my head. Because obviously, you didn't on...
1: die because you're sitting in
0: front of me. <laughs> yeah. So, I sat there literally thinking, this is where I die. I'm just laying there. I'm spiked in. I like literally, my full body shake, I'm done. I'm about to die right here. I, d- I don't have any energy to get off. I can't call anyone. No helicopter can get up to how high I am.
1: Do you find it, like, amazing that, you know, years and years ago, they just did it with nothing?
0: <laughs> yeah. A lot of people died before they invented spikes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, so, so,
1: what happened? You you're, you're sitting there, you're exhausted, you're thinking you're going to die.
0: Well, all my friends, when I finish this We're just like you're so stupid yeah i'm already
1: i'm I'm already thinking that now yeah
0: (laughs) so i literally it was weird i had weird emotion just fucking leave me it was like i was sitting there with all this heaviness and this and this weight on me Mm. and then suddenly it was like all this emotion just left me and i was like it was like i accepted i don't know what i don't know what it was it was like the same as when I was in India meditating in silence when it broke me. What it was, at that moment, it fucking broke me. That's exactly what it was. It completely broke me. I was sitting there crying like a fucking little girl, thinking I just killed myself And then next thing this this fucking like thing just left me and it was all okay and I was just like whatever.
1: Did you think you needed just to sit there and just...
0: That's all I needed to do. To reset for a second? Yeah, and I sat there and I just breathed and I just breathed and I went back to my breath and I just calmed myself and just calmed myself. I was probably there for like maybe 10 minutes and then this is the fucking stupidest thing. (laughs) This is the stupidest thing. (laughs) And this whole time I've got my head in the snow. And, like, I'm, I'm real steep. I've got this 20-kilo backpack on my back. And I'm pretty much standing straight up, you know, like on this slight slant on this mountain because it's so steep, you know. Yeah. And then I look up and I've got, like, fucking 10 steps left to this summit. <laughs> 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 like to this peak, man. And I'm like, fuck. How that, you know? You just hadn't looked up yet. That, because... You can't like it was. It's so hard to look up. Like it's just yeah. like you're you're focusing on the steps. And I just so you get and, up,
1: you get to this summit.
0: Well, I d- this was the hardest ten steps of my life. You know, because I've got nothing in me, and I get up to the top, and on the top it was so fucking scary because there was about a meter and a half of ridge that was all soft snow, right? And I'm like knee deep in this snow. Once I get to the top, and as soon as I get to the top, I collapse on it and mm-hmm. lay on my back, and I'm like fucking shaking, using every little bit of my strength just to fucking get the zipper open on the backpack to get that Mars bar. <laughs> no, I'm not even joking. Like, I get this Mars bar out and I just... By the way, this isn't a, a paid promotion for Mars bar. <laughs> <laughs> Mars bar saved my life. It could save yours too. <laughs> no, but I, I start eating this Mars bar and I don't know, I sat, laid there for about 10, 15 minutes and let let my blood sugar come back up. And from there, I started eating some as protein and everything. I'm sitting there, and I'm like, all right, fuck. Now i got to get myself off this. And by this stage, I'm shaking with fear. I'm shaking. I'm so fucking scared. I'm just like, holy fucking shit, you know? Day so, one, over. <laughs> yeah. So, I sit there, and I compose myself. I'm probably up there for about half an hour. Now I'm looking down at the steepest... Now, I'm not much of a snowboarder, but I'm now on top of this mountain, like a huge fucking mountain. Like, I, I'm, to, I'm in the fucking... North of Iceland, mm. on the top of some of their biggest mountains. And, so how did you get down? And so I strap in the snowboard, and I'm looking down, and all I can do is just fucking commit, right? But the thing is, this is a this is a blind run. I don't know what I'm going down. You know, I haven't scoped down this mountain. I have literally no idea what I'm going just down. Just saying
1: before how most people climb up to go down the same yeah. way they came.
0: So. I'm fucking shaking with fear and I've just got to commit to this and like I'm just talking myself into it like I literally got myself to the point where I had to just do it you know And so I strap in and I start riding down this mountain. Now I'm I'm going and I'm not riding down like as in like leisurely. I'm I'm it's so fucking steep that all I'm doing is on rails slowing myself down yeah. so I don't go and there's normally I wouldn't have wanted to do that if the snowpack was a month before because that would have set off an avalanche. I would have had to have committed. Yep. Now, I'm, I get about a third of the way down this mountain where I'm sliding down and then suddenly there's just all this rock, right? And there's a chute, right? There's a chute down in the snow in between the rock. And I'm like, okay, I've got to go down that chute, right? Because so much snows is melting and there's all this rock. And so i go to commit to it and i'm like hang on a second that shoots way too steep i can't fucking i don't i can't go down that like i'm talking like this is a fucking steep shoot yeah, yeah, yeah. so i slow myself down and get myself to this rock ridge and i'm like holy fuck i've got it this is too steep for me to hit on the snowboard i've got to strap back in and spike down
1: sorry how many hours do you think it took you to get up the big peak go across and then get up to the top exhausted your miles away how many hours seven hours You've been seven, seven hours, hours
0: of, of like of climbing. Of complete total exhaustion. Exhaustion was a twenty twenty, I think it was twenty to twenty-five kilo pack on my yeah. back. And now I'm a third of the way down this other. And so mountain. now
1: it's it's going down. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I'm like, fuck, I've got to strap back in. I've got to put these spikes on. I've got to pickaxe this down. And I'm thinking, nah, just commit to it. Just commit to it. Go down the chute and just because the chute's getting narrow, if I hit that, I've literally got to commit to everything and just hit it, right? I'm like, no, fuck the ego. Be smart. Be smart. Just spike down it. Because it takes you about, it took me like 20 minutes to switch over, you know? Mm. Like take the board off, like unsplit it, strap it to my back. You know, grab the spikes out, strap them into my feet, you know. And you're on this steep fucking mountain the whole time, right? And I've got the shakes because I'm so scared. So I start spiking down this fucking chute. And this chute just gets steeper and steeper and narrower and narrower to the point it gets down where there is no snow left. It's a fucking waterfall. Oh, wow. And so if I did commit to that, it was literally like a ridgeline. line that if I committed to that shoot, that I would have hit that and like just aired (laughs) off this fucking waterfall. Like I would have just fucking killed myself. So that was lucky. But anyway, so now I've got to hike down and now I've got this soft rock. I get to this waterfall and it's all loose rock. So now I've got to climb down through the fucking waterfall, holding onto loose rock with all my shit. So again, shaking with fear. I'm fucking climb through this waterfall somehow make it down get down to the ice now i've got all this loose rock above me and i'm and there's rocks falling everywhere i'm like shit i need to get away from this plus where that waterfall waterfall's going now it's disappeared again under the snow so i'm like i can't i've got to spike across you know what i mean because yeah. i don't want to fall through the snow so now i spike across and i spike down to a part where there was a big rock that had fallen and I got to this big rock that had fallen and used that, because I'm so steep, I used that as a place that I can kind of sit against and strap back in my snowboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then again, I again, I snowboard down this mountain and I get about four-fifths of the way. And then there's too much snow melted down at the bottom. There's too much rock. There's too many waterfalls going that I literally have to strap back in um, to the spikes and start spiking again. So I get down to the bottom of the valley. So now I'm in Hadesferda, which is that middle valley in between the two is main Is that where you've league. been training before? That was the bottom of the valley where I'd been training before, but not where I did the training. Now I had to hike to that part of the mountain Right. to cross Did you feel over. more
1: comfortable because you'd already
0: done that? No, because it changed so much. Uh, before, okay. the whole middle bit was a frozen lake. Yeah. Now the lake was high. It, it was still ice, but you couldn't walk across it. You know what I mean? Now, the, basically... The conditions had changed so much that it was just a whole heap of new challenges that I had to adapt to. And I had to really think like every fucking step you take, you have to really think about because one little mishap is your life. Right. So by this stage, I get down and I see the drone above me and I'm like, sick. You know, they're checking on me. That's sick. I get, I hike, it takes me about an hour and a half to hike to the road. The guys check on me off they go again then i hike back and now the whole thing was i was going to build a snow cave but like i said when i was on the top of that summit the snow was so soft even right at the top of there's no do it. there's no way i could build a snow like i went to the highest peak and it was still soft so i'm like fuck so I, can't. I still
1: think it's crazy that even on the training just doing the training day one was and building just building a snow cave and lasting the night that's just a challenge in itself.
0: Oh, man, that was such a challenge. If I didn't get that snow cave done before that storm, like yeah. like literally my life depended on that snow cave.
1: So you're back up.
0: So I'm in this valley now down the bottom of this, these mountain ranges and I'm hiking along. Now there's like a kind of flowing river and I'm thinking, okay, cool. So I fill my water bottle up and there's this old, I wouldn't say Viking because Viking's way long, but there's this old farm, old stone dilapidated building that had fallen apart, fallen apart, but there's still kind of one wall mm. kind of standing. And I was thinking, okay, perfect. Right. I can use that as a bit of a shelter to fucking, um, try and have a wind block of the, if the weather gets crazy. And so I had a plan B if I couldn't build a snow cave and that was a tarp. So I had a tarp in my pack. So what I ended up doing was getting my snow poles and getting the probe and making like this little tent against this brick wall and pretty much camping there the night. So I got back. I was so exhausted. I was so. My legs are ble- My ankles were bleeding. Like, I was just so fucking wrecked, right? So all I could do was just eat as much of this dried fish as I could. And like. Um, and this is at the end of day two? No, this is day. End of the day one. Day one. So, so yeah. basically now, it went from a three to four day challenge to trying to do it with two full days. So basically now at this stage, the sun's going down at 10 o'clock at night where before a month before it was going down at like five in the afternoon or six in the afternoon. Yep, yep, yep. So, you know, it changes so much. So now I've got way more sunlight to be able to do it and the weather's Better. like... Yeah, so much better and i got a good weather window. So, it's going from three to four days to let's try to punch this out in in two full days. So, I'm building this snow. Like, it's fully sunny at eight o'clock at night when I'm building this Mm. this fucking um, thing to sleep in. So, I build this thing to sleep in and then I, yeah, trek off the next day. Now, the next day is just still just as hard. I'm back and the whole thing about this is that I'm so fucking scared the whole time. I'm so out of my comfort zone. The whole time I'm shaking with fear. And the next day is pretty good, because I get up this gully, the one that I'd got up the last time, and but I kind of took a different route because it looked like it was going to be better to take a different route. That like just from that first, the is one that more, I got blown off.
1: Were you more confident after the the first day?
0: No, I. I realized how many more challenges that were, and I was so scared of falling through the snow yeah. because there's so many waterfalls flowing. So now I'm going up this gully, and all I'm hearing everywhere, like the thing is, you're constantly, I'm like constantly listening, I'm constantly listening for water and staying away. So
1: yeah, it's like an um, you're almost emotionally drained as well. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I get through the next the next day, I have to trek up this valley, which takes me fucking hours right? It just takes me hours. My feet are bleeding. I have to stop a couple of times and like try and put like some petroleum jelly on my feet and like, man, they're just raw, like just bleeding. And um, anyway, I get to the bottom of the this fucking, so I climbed one mountain, which was kind of easy. Well, it wasn't easy, but I climbed one mountain and then I basically get, I've got about, six hours left of the trek i've got one massive mountain to climb
1: so you're under your last mountain to cross and then you're done
0: on the second day yeah and
1: then what's the town you're going to end up in olesford
0: yeah so basically i'm looking on the map so by this stage i have and they've been
1: uh they've been tracking you still on the
0: on the drone yeah. yeah but now i'm in a place where they can't i'm so deep in the mountains that there is no way so this i get up this valley and i'm up this one mountain and then there's like I'm looking on the map, right, and I've got two routes that I can do to get across to and they're both going to take different, once I get across the mountains, the different treks down and I'm looking at them and so I either had to climb two mountains to the side, to the left of me, and I'm like looking at the map because I'm using contour maps on my phone. I had like a GPS. Even though um, I had no satellite or whatever, It's still tracking me and I could see the contours. So I'm looking at these mountains, and I'm working out the contours on the next side, on the opposite side, and which way to go. And it comes down to these two mountains to kind of cross. Now, this one mountain looks like I can climb, and if I summit this one part, then there's a big bowl that gets me to the top of another mountain. It was like a mountain on a mountain. And yep, it kind of yep. looked like that I could get up this mountain, get down the first bowl onto this other one and hike across the peak, like the, the ridge of that mountain down to another one, which then looked like it had like a nice bowl to get down to the town. So I, was, I decided, okay, well, this is going to be my trek. So I start fucking, I sit there I have something to eat and everything and kind of mentally prep myself, you know, for this is the last final fucking big challenge, right? So I start traversing. I decide to get as far as I can up this mountain on the on the split board before strapping in, you know. Mm. So I kind of get about halfway up by traversing. Like I was pretty proud of myself that I got like quite a fair way up this mountain before I had to strap in. Now I'm looking down this gully and there's – has photos of it and it looks like it's like I'm looking down this gully that's like 10 Ks down the gully that I just come up. oh maybe maybe like 8 K's, but mm-hmm. it's, it looks like nothing and the, you're looking at the mountains and it just looks like nothing but when you're there it is the fucking the hugest things i would ever seen, right now I strap in and now to strap in what I had to do is dig into the mountain to build like a little kind of seat. Then I use my pickaxe to put down and put my bag against. And then I sit there and I've got to like try and strap in. If you yep. get what I mean? Yep, yep, yep. So I strap in, I get my spikes on my feet, get the pickaxe back and I start spiking up. Now, I decided now like every mountain I'm going to climb after that first one do it the smartest way. So I'm looking at the lowest ridge here. So I, I'm spiking up this ridge, the lowest ridge. And there's some rocks above me and I'm thinking oh okay perfect go under these like rocks and then there was like a shoot to the side I'm like if I go up this way then I can go up this chute. and then that's going to get to the to the ridge and so I start I get near the top of this mountain this ridge this easy part like mm. what I thought was going to be easy and I start hearing flowing water and I'm like fuck there's flowing water here and I'm like okay just be careful be aware there's flowing water blah blah I think it's to the right of me there must be a waterfall I take another step, like and I spike another step. And as I put my weight on my front foot, I fall through the fucking snow, right? And my right leg falls straight through the snow into an empty cavity. Like my right leg has just fallen through like a foot of snow, snow and then under is just empty cavity and I've fallen down. And I'm like, fuck, so now like my right, like from a hip down yeah, is down. And I'm thinking, fuck, don't panic, don't panic, just pull myself out. So, there's a waterfall under me, like, pull myself out, get back on my left leg and hike back, right? So, I'm suddenly freaking out. I've gone into, like, holy shit. So, I've started getting my leg out of this hole and I go to put my weight on my back leg. And as soon as I fucking traverse, like, flip my weight onto my back leg, my fucking left leg falls through the snow. So, now, basically, I've just suddenly fallen through the snow
1: Well, you're waist deep in the snow.
0: Waist deep, like as in like there's like about a foot of snow and then there's just an empty cavity because there's a waterfall under me. Now, if I fall through that, I'm done. Mm. I'm fucking done. So, now now I'm like laying flat on this like snow. Like I'm spread myself out on the snow that's there and I'm just fucking panicking. Once again, I'm fucking frozen with fear going, fuck, what do I do? What do I do? And I'm like, so I'm spreading myself out on this fucking snow and I kind of get myself to the left and I'm just kind of like... spreading my weight as much as I can and trying to... Because I know towards the right more is where the sound of water water is really strong. But now that I've fallen through, I can hear it straight under me. But I know, well, the snowpack must be better to the left of me. So I've kind of gone to the left and I'm just fucking praying. I'm just like, oh, please get me out of this, you (laughs) know, like spreading out. And I get myself out. I get myself fucking out of this thing. And I'm like, holy fuck, but now I've got to spike up the highest part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So now, once again, I'm fucking shaking. And I did, I think, just before this happened, I did a video, which will be on my Instagram story, about that I was just so sick of being fucking scared. Like, I was just so fucking scared, like a little animal shaking in the corner the whole Mm. time. But So I summit this mountain, and then next thing, I'm so fucking high up, and I've got this massive bowl to fucking get down and it's too steep to hit with the snowboard. Like I can't even strap in. There's nowhere I can strap in. It's just so steep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, fuck. So I just start spiking down to a point where I can even just build one of those like little things that I can, like a seat in the snow. So I'm hiking down and I get, I don't know, about 50 meters down the hill to a point where it looks like, all right, I can. So I build a little thing where I can sit in and I put the snowboard in the snow and I've got my bag there and I'm taking the spikes off and this gust of wind came, dude, and fucking knocked the snowboard. And the snowboard went flying and I just caught it with my fucking hand. If that board <laughs> went, I would have been done. And so, basically... I kind
1: of wanted the board to go, to disappear.
0: Yeah, just to see, yeah. And Is I, that bad? Oh, man. And so, I ended up... Man, I ended up skiing, uh, snowboarding down this mountain to this bowl and exactly what I thought I had to do, snowboarded down and it was so steep and just scary doing this bit. And I got to the next ridge, hiked across to the next mountain and then basically I'm hiking across the next mountain and I'm so high up that I'm looking down and the car's there to pick me up. Oh, you can but see the car. All it is is a little dot and it's there's two cars there. It's Hader Haydar Logie. There to pick me up and my other mate and um my other mate Ed and they're there waiting for me. And I'm just like, fuck yeah, I've got this is my last trek, so I strap in the board, I find this chute that's just gonna get me most of the way. And that was the first time I could actually enjoy snow fucking boarding. <laughs> <laughs> and so I snowboard down and I get to the bottom and the boys are just everyone's frothing, right? And they're like, Yeah, like and some
1: people are probably not going to understand what the word frothing means. Well, I'm just just ca- for, I'm just kind of
0: listen. stoked and I get down. <laughs> and when I get down, I'm just like, okay, cool. I, I did it, right? So, I get down. The boys pick me up, give me big hugs and what's, that. What's the feeling? You know what? You well, this, is, this, that this that? is what I'm going to go through. So, the boys take me back to Steve's place and there's a barbecue for me that they've held to celebrate that I... Made it, right? Yeah. I did this trek. So, everyone, a whole heap of my friends are there. They're having this barbecue. They're celebrating that I've, I've made it, right? And I didn't feel like celebrating. When I did all the training missions and I got back, I was so stoked, so high on life. Mm. This one, I just felt stupid. <laughs> like, I literally just felt I pushed myself too hard. Were I... you
1: angry at everyone that no one said, maybe you shouldn't do this, mate?
0: <laughs> no, this is what I was. I wanted an endurance challenge, right, yeah, but I nearly killed myself like twice on that trek, right now, all my friends are like, "Oh my God, you survived it, you did it, you know, you smashed it, blah blah, you you know, and like triumph like, and for me, I was like i didn't i didn't get through it from strength and will, mm. I got it through it from pure luck, you know what I mean, so it was weird, I put my body through so much stress in this that once it was done i got so fucking sick i was like in bed for like two weeks straight i had a a, a week later i flew to sweden and in sweden i was just in bed i was so sick my body like literally i used all my energy and all my adrenaline that that Mm. any little bacteria whatever i couldn't my body couldn't fight and i got literally the sick like the worst flu i've ever had in my life i got so fucking sick and i just felt so oh man i just felt stupid
1: What's the, what, what's the biggest lesson that came out of it?
0: Well, now I'm going to do more. Um, when I challenge myself, I'm going to do more like plausible challenges. <laughs> <laughs> Not like I'm this, going to, be, to go do something that no one's ever done before. I think, I think the advantage of where we are in time
1: is that most of these things have been done before. And I think now it's just the challenge of if you can do it. Yeah, that's and, the thing. You know, um I was just telling you off off this before about my my friend James who wants to do all these tracks and and that's a the thing. There are so many challenges out there that have been done and you can there is a plan in place to do them that uh I think you can there's so much you can find. I know there is that there's that sort of there's that sort of feeling that you want to find something that no one no one's done or if it's off the beaten track and I get that. And, but yeah, there is so many, so many walks and endurance things you can do. Yeah. Well, that have been done. So you can have could, a plan and not have to risk your life as much. Yeah.
0: I kind of, basically, because I came so close to death, it was literally, it wasn't the fact that I wasn't proud of myself. It was literally, okay. So now looking back on it, I'm like, yes, yeah, stoked. I, I did that. I did something. Oh, 100%. Something. I think it's but great what you did. The first couple of weeks, was literally going through the emotions that I nearly died. And that...
1: Is that sort of like a, a PTSD on like a really lower level though?
0: I don't know. Maybe. Mm. I never really thought about that. It was literally like... It, it was like I had to stomach it. I had to stomach how close I came to killing myself. Well,
1: yeah, I totally get it. Like, like I haven't done too many things where I've nearly died before. But like, even when we were young, like surfing in Palm Beach... I remember being stuck out in the surf and it wasn't, it was big, but it wasn't, you know, yeah. I'm not, you know it wasn't Mexico big, but but I remember being, because I was so small that it was, you know, it was quite rough for me. And I got hit by a wave and you, you know, you get hit by a wave, you get wo- like winded and yeah. you've lost like your breath all of a sudden and um, it sucks the energy out of you. And I got hit wave after wave and I was, and then I, f- I finally got in and I thought, fuck, I nearly died. Yeah. <laughs> and then like that still comes back to me. Like, yeah. Like maybe like once or twice a year or whenever I go to the surf and it's big. Yeah. That, that thought.
0: Well, people have asked me, they're like, what was different to this challenge to other challenges
1: that well, you do? Like, so I wonder if you ever go back to climbing a mountain, these memories are going to come back to you. And it's probably going to be for the better because you know. Yeah. Well, you know I'm time. definitely
0: going to be smarter. I've learned yeah, so much more. It's like literally the mistakes I made are just mistakes that come from um, just my lack of experience you know, Mm. and, an ego. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, but it's like, okay, so I got asked, I was like, well, what was so different about this challenge? You always challenge yourself, you know, like I, like I'm doing a, um, island trek soon, 21 days, no food, no water. Like, like that I've done before that one that I did before was five days. And that was, you know, that was just fun, but I'm like, Mm. okay, well, I'm never life, I'm never threatening my life, you know what I mean? When I'm on those islands, it's just like, well, if shit comes down, I can just get off it, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I go spearing for food, like maybe a shot or whatever, but I'm not literally like my body can go without water for a day or two. My body can go without food for a week. It's like I know I can do these things, but what I did in Iceland was so – I thought it was going to be a challenge like that. Yeah but it was so out of my... You know what it was? This is how Steve explained it to me because he's he's a surfer. He explained what I did was going to Coota Beach and doing a surf lesson, a couple of surf lessons on a soft top Malibu surfboard and then going, I'm going to go out Chopu in Tahiti (laughs) when it's 15 foot and get barreled and somehow I made the drop and made it. (laughs) You know what I mean? It was pretty funny because just before I did the trek, Steve, um, before I did the main trek, Steve tried to convince me to become a mountain guide, like work with him and I can go up to the North Pole and do some treks and um, work with him on some expeditions. And I was like, fuck, yeah, this would be sick. You know, and I said to him, like any expedition you have, invite me. You know, I'm down. I'm, I'm there. You know, like I would love to go up to Svalbard and like he'll go up to the North Pole. And, and challenge myself up there. And it was pretty funny when we were at that barbecue. When I get back off the mountain, he goes, Oh, how was it? And I go, I go, you mountain mountaineer cause you can shove it up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Fuck, I'm, not, I'm done with the mountains, man, for a while. But you know what? Even now, looking back on, it, I'm, I'm excited to go back to Iceland because um, I'm going back next winter um, to surf again with the boys. And I'm excited again to do some mountain treks, um, but just do it within, a bit more within. It's good now because that trek, I kind of, I proved myself with some crew up there that it, now they've been inviting me. And even when I'm left, I've, once I've left, they've invited me on a few trips. And like, it's really cool now that um, I've met some people there that I can go do some trips with and learn off them. So it's yeah. like, I'm going to learn so much more. But as far as challenging myself to that extreme, I'm just going to um, be a little bit smarter. <laughs>
1: So if people want to take a look at some of that footage, it's on your Instagram, isn't it? Yeah, it's
0: on my Instagram story. And when I drop this podcast, the actual um, full challenge I'm going to put up. Now, when I did the full challenge, I didn't film it as much as when I was doing the training because yeah. I was so focused and I had to focus so much, so I wasn't really pulling my phone out.
1: I think they need to really have a look at it to get an idea what yeah what you were doing. Yeah,
0: and actually to have a look at the the rawness and the and the size of these mountains that I was climbing and like just fucking how remote it is. Like yeah. You know, there's no one around. In the north mm. of Iceland, there's not it's not people aren't around. It's like the town's that town, like town Siglafurda has twelve hundred people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like they're in the this little village and I'm like so remote. There's no phone reception out there, you know, like it's um Yeah, it's just a really raw, harsh place. And I think the hardest thing for people to understand that I haven't been to a climate like that is actually how raw and harsh and how powerful that climate is you know what i mean and it's like those mountains and that they those mountains and that environment there deserves respect like they it's one of those... It's like the wildest seas you could ever imagine. You know what I mean? It's like going into them, they can take you whenever they want. You know what I mean? And that's what I always found so crazy when I was in them. It's like I'm in the middle of these mountains. Like when I was in the snow cave and I'm like, this mountain can take me whenever it wants. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It was a fucking crazy experience, man. Yeah. It actually... It was really... I didn't talk about it for like the first two weeks. I couldn't. Mm. It was funny. I did I. It was so, what was hard is that um, my sister called me about a week later. She tried to FaceTime me and I, I didn't FaceTime her, but I picked up the phone. And as soon as I heard her voice, just listening to my sister's voice, I started like, I just wanted to break down. You know what I mean? She's like, oh, you got to contact mum. Mom wants to know like, how are you going and that? And like, did you do your trek? And, and I just couldn't, I didn't speak to my mum for like three weeks because I couldn't fucking, I mm-hmm. didn't have the balls to, like I couldn't. I came cl- so close to dying that just hearing my sister's voice like fucking broke me. You know what I mean? But what it, what that mountain did was break me. Again, and that's what you kind of want. You want to get to a spot. It's like when I was in India, like when um, I meditated in silence, it broke you. It broke me. And yeah. all you do is grow from it. And this is just, again, it broke me. Some people are going to look at this and say, oh, you, you're stupid or something. And of course, yeah, I did something so silly. But I trained for it. Man, I something i didn't mention was reebok in iceland they helped me out they had a gym membership for me and i was training with a weight vest the whole time i was doing the st- i was training so much for it and i did as much training as i could i got really fit for it you know like i was smart about it but it's still the environment was just so raw and so harsh
1: so how do we wrap this up
0: well, what's right now I'm trying to get the point out that I'm not that much of an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> what's
1: What's the final message
0: on this? Um. Well, I think okay. I think Jordan Peterson says he says if you want to ch- um if you want to Jordan Peterson says to change your life start by cleaning your room. As in like to challenge yourself, start small. Like if you just set some massive challenge for yourself, it's so hard to it's get to fail. Yeah. Well, and it's not that I I. I pulled this one off, but it's like, you know, you want to challenge yourself and that I what I should have done with this one was just start off a bit smaller and worked up to that, that one, you know, and with me, I get just so addicted to just wanting to do fucking everything. Like I just addicted to adventure, you know, I'm addicted to experiences mm. and I wanted to experience the fucking rawness of those mountains, you know, and but in saying that, man, like, I don't know, it gave me some balls. Like, you know, after that, I went to Mexico and then just, that's the most I've ever pushed myself in big waves. Like, it's, like, I don't know. I was, like, thinking about when I was in Mexico, I was, like, I just, every wave I got, I just wanted bigger and deeper and, like, blah. And I was, like, why am I not scared right now? You know what I mean? It's, like. Addicting like, almost. Yeah. It's, like, oh, it's adrenaline, I suppose. I don't know. We're all, it's so funny because I'm such a pussy in so many ways. Mm. Like, like, if some big guy came up to try and fight me i'd probably be like can i just please hug you if you're angry i don't want to fight you (laughs) like i'm not a fight like i'm i'm so scared of so many things in life and then but then when i do find fear in things i like i try and think about and i use that to motivate me you know what i mean yeah it's like i like to go into the fear and i don't know why I've been questioned since I did this trek it's that's the thing I don't have those answers it's like you're saying like mm. I just don't have those answers yet because I haven't fully learned the lesson yet like I'm still pondering it I'm still looking back on it Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, that's um that's my trip in Iceland. So I suppose coming up I'm we've got a few more podcasts coming up Matt. So I'm going to a few to do. Yeah, I've I've got um A really good one coming up to tell you about when I was in Sri Lanka and we got caught in a tribal war and watched people get cut up with machetes. That's a good one to tell you.
1: Well, I can't wait for that because it sounds like a lovely time. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like my ideal trip.
0: No, well, it's good now that I'm home because um, we've got some really good podcasts um, coming up. Um, Oh, it's something that I do need to ask everyone because this podcast is growing so much and... um, and we've just decided, like, seems it is doing so well, we might as well try to grow it. And the best way to grow it is, for people that are listening to it, is to go onto iTunes and rate it. You know, there's a star rating there. And I didn't even realize this. People have been telling me to ask listeners to do this for so long. Mm. And I just, I just don't. I just don't. I just like doing my thing. But um, if you do like it, rate it, leave a comment, share it. And that helps us out. And that, that helps us out getting um guests on and getting those people to um really tell us those stories, those good ones that everyone wants to hear.
1: Well thanks for telling us man.
0: Thanks for thanks to be yeah, thanks for coming back, man. Alright, I'm leaving. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. <But> thanks, dude. <laughs> Till next time. <laughs> Jari apa, jari cinta
1: Jari apa, cari cewek Pertualangan baru disini Jari apa, jari apa Jari apa, jari, jari. Apa. cinta Pertualangan baru disini Yeah, I should do it
0: on Dr. Yeah. Morris there Yeah, yeah Pertualangan baru disini Di yeah. yeah, I do it like a double